Amen, amen, amen. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about <clears throat> the root, uh, you know, within. The, your root determines your fruit. Yeah, your root determines your fruit. Amen. Your root determines your fruit. You know, the Bible says that we will know them by their fruit. And how many times do we really look at fruit? We don't. We look at we look at what's obvious, you know, sometimes what's visible and we look at how people treat us. That's the main thing. We're so sensitive as believers, you know. We we came out of darkness into light and so we need to understand what that means totally but when you come into the knowledge of god your sensitive parts have been done away with so many times we live in constant fear of what never happens you can live a guarded life. You're concerned about, well, I grew up in a household where, you know, we didn't get 30 hugs a day. Well, nobody could get a job and take care of your little stinking self if they're hugging you all day long. So let's cut this nonsense out, okay? The people who say you need it didn't get it either and don't give it. It's just a way to make money, you know what I'm saying. I mean, that's the way the world is, but... But really, when you come to Christ, you can reckon yourself dead to sin, to the flesh, to the devil. You're supposed to. Now, these things have no power over you. So you are invincible to the effects of these things unless you allow that to, to penetrate your shield of faith. You know, faith is more than... <clears throat> Using it for stuff you need. Faith guards you as you walk through this life. Faith guards your heart from, from the effects of, of offense and the effects of hurt and the effects of all of these things. So we can walk boldly, the Bible says, through life and confidently through life. We don't have to be so fearful about things. Uh, you don't have to fear, uh, you know, people and, and what they might say about you and what they might do to you and the effects that, that people's words have on you. They're, they're, of null, they're null and void now because you have Christ. You have the indwelling Christ who is invincible and who, if nothing else, if you get zinged by something, uh, he still will heal you. So you have healing that comes automatically uh, to you if, if you'll learn how to appropriate these things. So we have a new uh, foundation, a new root system within us now, and it is the love of God. And so we, we the Bible says that we are to be rooted and grounded in love. I want to turn to that in Ephesians 3. And this is one of the other Paul's apostolic prayers that he prayed for the church. And I think those prayers are very important to, to understand that, that Paul had total faith that God would answer these prayers for us. So this would be our, our future and our faith that we would, would partake of these things. You see what I'm saying? So we have the ability to totally partake of, of all of the things that these uh, Ephesians, there are some in Colossians as well. And they have to do with relationship with God. 
It has nothing to do with material things. And I think that's the greatest blessing that we can have is the spiritual. Because, amen, because if your spirit man is content, if you live by the spirit, what's out here in the natural has no impact whatsoever uh, on you. And the loss of it or the gain of it uh, has has no impact. I, I always look at the... The material things that I need in life is being the things that I uh, walk in faith for. You know, I'm not uh, fasting and praying to get a bill paid, thank God. I used to. Now, if that's where you're at, do it. You understand what I'm saying? But then there's a place where you're rooted in that and you can grow on to maturity and you start facing bigger challenges. You got me? Now, I'm not saying that my finances don't get challenged from time to time. You know, they do. And, and when they do, I just look up and say, what, this again? You understand what I'm saying? It's not life and death to me anymore. Uh, after a while, you really begin to grow in God and you begin to understand that this too shall pass. He will take care of this. He is my answer. He will come to my rescue because I have relationship with him. So relationship will trump circumstance every single time. Amen. You can be you can be dumb as an ox when it comes to to uh, book knowledge, but in it, but if you're smart in God, you can live better than the richest person and the wisest so-called person uh, from from worldly knowledge because of this thing uh, in you. So really, we have two roots in us. Now you'll find faith people dispute this. You know, we don't have two natures. I don't call, care what you call it, but Paul was talking about something in Romans seven and eight. The thing that I want to do, I don't do. And the thing that I try not to do, I do it anyway. So there's something going on there. You know, I, don't, I don't care what you want to call it. You call it what you want to call it. But I identify with what he's talking about right up in there. You should too. Faith people think you can kind of ignore your flesh and no, ignore sin. And I, we don't preach sin. We preach righteousness. Well, if you preach righteousness, there's an opposite of that, right? Don't be scared of it. Don't be don't be scared to mention sin in front of saved people. Because <laughs> you usually catch somebody. <laughs> and if you're living good, hey, praise God, this is a benefit to you. This is one you don't have to go home and think about too hard. But anyway, so in Ephesians 3, I want to talk to you from the Living Bible Translation, because I like the way that sounded to me today. And verse 17, and he says... <clears throat> 16 tell talks about being strengthened with might in the whole in your inner man so we're talking about the inner man see if sin weren't a factor you wouldn't have to distinguish between the inner and outer there's an outer here you know so anyhow but you reckon yourself dead to the outer as much as you can and then when you can't anymore you just get help from god you know throw yourself on the mercy of the court in verse 17, he says, I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your hearts. And he will be more and more at home in your hearts. And he says, living within you as you trust in him. So as we trust God, as you let go of your ability to do anything, plan anything, be wonderful, be great, you know, all that kind of stuff. You let go of that. And then Christ will become more at home in you. He will be able to root himself more deeply in you. 
By yielding to the Spirit of God, your roots go deeper and deeper. So the more you experience yielding to God, the deeper your roots go. And he says, may your roots go down deep in the soil of God's marvelous love. So we want to draw from that love, uh, love wellspring that dwells within us and not draw from the superficial deeds of the flesh and lusts of the flesh. He says, and may you be able to feel and understand as all God's children should. So this isn't for certain people and not for certain others. This ain't for deep people. There's no such thing as deep people and shallow people. You know, there's people who are trying to experience God. That's what Paul wants us all to do. He said, understand as all God's children should, how long, how wide, how deep, and how high his love really is. So there's more than this salvation, superficial salvation experience. This is not about a one-time confession and running around singing, thank God I'm saved for 800 times. We got to move on to understand there's some depth here. You you just walked in the door. You know, there's lots of rooms in this house you got to explore. You know, and these rooms have to do with the fruit of the spirit. There's all kinds of fruit of God to uh, to explore. And he says, "How deep and how high his love really is and to experience his love for yourselves." So this is an experience. You know, and I'm talking about Everybody, when he talks about all the saints, in the, in, in the King James Version, it gives a little bit of a different twist on it. It says here, to know the love of, of Christ that passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God, and be able to comprehend with all the saints. All the saints meaning young saints, old saints, new saints, experienced saints. This is for everybody. Your children can experience the depths of the love of God. Amen? They will have to have this experience for themselves at some point. So encourage them having an experience themselves. I remember there was a a woman, uh, I think she used to come to our Bible study. This was years ago, and she had two small little girls. And and sometimes little girls love you, and some days they, they hate you. You know, they little noses up she had one of them she just kept her little nose up at me all the time and so she was she was i was on the phone praying with her mother and uh she was she kept butting in and kept butting in and so i told her i said tell her to go and get in the closet and talk to jesus and so she did it and she went in there and she came out there and prophesied to the both of us he's like four years old because i asked her i said what did he say and she told me and I got a witness in the spirit that she had really talked to him. You understand me? And so <laughs> scared me too. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I just wanted to quit butting in. But you know, you 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 do these things in obedience to a voice that's leading you, and you find out that a lot of what you thought about God and how He relates to people is 100% totally false. That we can all experience the depth of the love of God. And that's really what's missing. Huh? I just wish I had Miss Dion Warwick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that is what the world needs. We just don't know how to go about getting it. Amen. We, we always choose the wrong kind of love. 
the superficial, cheap stuff, because we're scared of the deep stuff. See, when we talk about experience the depths of the love of God, the first thing you think is, what's it going to cost me? How long am I going to have to pray for that? What am I going to have to do to earn that? Huh? But really, it's God has these experience plans for us already. All we have to do is obey him, and you will eventually walk into the deep experiences of God. This is for all saints. This isn't just for, for people that uh, uh, have a boring lifestyle and don't have nothing better to do but sit around and pray all day. This is for the, the person on the go, you know, that, that uh, likes the one-minute Bible because they don't have to spend a lot of time. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I mean, we all got to get beyond one-minute Bible people after a while and start to understand that there is a richness and a depth to the love of God that we have yet to experience. We can experience small parts of it from time to time. But Paul understood how to live in the depths of the love of God, which is beyond comprehension. There are some things that puzzle us about God. How could his judgment be so severe to put people in hell, but his love be so great to send his son to the cross to die for us? You got me? Well, the only thing you need to do is make the decision is which way you want to go. It it ain't that deep when you think about it. It's a simple decision to make. Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want to go to hell? If you want to go to heaven, get serious about finding out how to get there. See, people live in the superficial things of God. They're always looking to God's servants and God's messengers to tell them an experience that they need to ask to experience with God. You'll never get to understand depths of love without experience. You know, you can you can love somebody to pieces and you can be talking to each other, but when you when the rubber meets the road, is that person there for you? What do they what how deep is their how deep is your love? Is your love? I really need to know. See, little Howard, where's where's our music maestro? When, huh? See, hey, back here sleep. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I can't get no illustrated Simmons going on here. Huh? <laughs> See, he should have been cueing that. That's what I'm talking about. He should have been cueing that when we got the title. See what I'm saying? I don't know. Right. But yeah, he'll pull the plug on us in a minute. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. Pull the plug on the dance. Uh huh. Uh huh. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. See, but but this is what this is what's missing from the world: the depth of the love of God. And people tend to think when they're on the outside looking in, they tend to think that God is after them to punish them, to be severe. But after you come in, then you get to understand that there's what, in fact, when you're on the outside, you should be, be being drawn by the love of God. I mean, the fact that you can live the way some people live, apart from God, you know, sinning all the time, looking for somebody to, a quick score of something, whether it's drugs or sex or whatever their quick score is. And then to think that a holy God would look kindly upon you. And offer to forgive you for your sins and take you to heaven with him. See, there's a kindness in God that's being offered at the same time that they feel the judgment and severity. 
Huh? The wages of sin is death, but it's all in one sentence. See? All in one thought. God tells us this, and this is the depth of the love of God, that we could be so estranged from him. Using the name of Jesus as a cuss word, laughing at Christians, putting them down, always trying to rat them out and all that kind of stuff. Inspecting us for something they don't even know anything about. You got me? How screwed up can people be? But then God offers his great mercy to all of us, to everybody, even in the depths of their putting his people down. And he says, oh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing down there. If they understood, see? But when we get into the light, we can understand these things. So we have two ways that we can can get rooted. You can get rooted in darkness, which we've been. Or you can be rooted in righteousness, which is reflective in God's kingdom. The kingdom of darkness, you you know how this feels. There's iniquity, selfishness. Driven by Satan in the things of of darkness, the things that pertain to the flesh of man. And then there's the kingdom of God that's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, just listening to that, you know, the, the carnal ear will pick up, oh boy, is that all Christians do? Righteousness, that don't sound like peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You wait until you hit some real trouble and see if peace and joy don't 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 whet your appetite. You see what I'm saying? See, that's when the pleasure season of sin is still in a person's life. When they're enjoying their sin, then that righteousness, peace, and joy sounds really dull and really boring to you. But when you understand what the, the, the penalty for sin is. It can be a life of torment. It can be a life of, of poverty. It can be a life of sickness. It can be a life that's totally driven by darkness. Then once you understand what the alternative and the option is, you'll choose peace. And you'll choose joy. And you'll decide, boy, that's a pretty good life right there. If I can be joyful all the time, if I, and you can be. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are, but you've got to get your roots firmly rooted in the love of God so you can draw from that on a continual basis. See, it doesn't matter what storm comes into your life. It just matters where your roots are. And when I say rooted and grounded in the love of God, this is the, the unquestionable, continual forgiveness of God for your bad thoughts, for your selfishness, for your not doing what he told you to do the 15th and 20th time. That's the, the depth of the love. That's the really, that's the superficial of God. You know what? That's where the baby, baby in God lives. In, in, you know, messing up, messing up, messing up, and still, I'm still saved. You know, we, sometimes I would, when I was a new Christian, sometimes I would get up and say, am I still going to heaven? And then I, I do something, and the Holy Ghost would convict me, and I knew he was still there. You know, the crazy stuff your mind has to do to test, to see if God is still there for you. 
after you get sick of doing that you say well i guess he's going to be with me just like he says in the bible he'll never leave me and forsake me he's with me till the end of the age i think i'll get rooted a little deeper in what he's doing and i'll trust him a little bit more amen and so we get a little more firmly i think i can trust this god i think i'll go a little further with i think i'll trust him with this i think i'll trust him with that amen and that's how we live we're a little cautious about the things of god even as believers but he never fails us i don't care you go a little bit deeper and trust him a little bit more and you find he's right there and he's right there helping you his attitude towards you never changes you never get the impression you never never hear him sigh when you ask him for something you understand what i'm saying you don't get that from god you get this drawing he's always drawing you to him and so this is part of the depth of the love of god it's like man here i am doing barely anything and think i'm doing everything you know how your mind will flip over and you look at your oh don't start comparing yourself to other people you get in the biggest trouble with that <laughs> So we, the love of God, when we're in the, in the, the spirit of God, we are Holy Spirit driven, not flesh driven. We're not driven by iniquity, selfishness, the desire to preserve self comes from darkness. Trusting God and trusting his love means dying to self not really caring not keeping up with it not keeping score anymore not keeping up with how much you do and how much you know you've given up and how much how much how much you know i used to hear my mother say that a lot she was you know she was depressed off and on she knew life was hard for her and she would talk about all the sacrifices she made for us and i thought to myself my goodness you know <laughs> that man it don't take all that you know what i'm saying but it she felt because she felt that she didn't get much out of life the what she did give was a hardship for her you understand what i'm saying but when you're rooted and grounded in the love of god your desire is to please him through giving your life is a living sacrifice so you seek to please god and giving becomes like your thing you understand what i'm saying you you finally and the world hates that about christians they hate that because if it weren't for the fact that the world trusts us and can depend on us for so much of the charitable work and the charitable money that's given to charities in the world we would have almost no witness at all the world wants to take that away from us like like everything they love it when they can see preachers uh living wanting millions of dollars and doing motivational speaking and and trying to get rich and they love that don't get me wrong i mean if god puts you in that but come on now we've had rich believers forever you look in the bible and see what solomon had and what these preachers have now they ought to be shame bragging about it and brag they do you got me a lot of this they ain't preaching anymore it's bragging because they feel that they can get people involved in it that way you know look at what god did for me we've had people that christians with tons of money we've had 
financiers, we've had industrialists, all the biggies in this 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 country during the industrial age were believers. Henry Ford was a Christian, he was a little screwed up, but he was Christian as far as what Christians were in that time. They gave huge sums to their churches. And people weren't trying to beat them up and get them in their church either. You understand? Because when people come in with their money, they come in with their demands. You got me? You don't want Henry Ford's name on your roll. You understand? Let him go to somebody who can handle all of that. But it, it's we've never lacked anything. Because if God is, is your God, he's a God of abundance no matter what age you live in. So this prosperity thing is not new to God's people. That's all I'm telling you. It's not new to God's people. But I think what's happened is it's gotten to it's gotten stepped up on our list of things that we expect God to do for us much more so than what he does on a spiritual level. What he does for me every day, if I don't look at my bank account and grin every day, every day I know when I get up he loves me. You know how I know that? Because I have a witness on the inside that the Holy Spirit living in me is satisfied living there. He ain't ready to move out. Like some brothers I know, but I ain't going there today. This is not the day for that. You know, people can threaten, demand things from you, threaten to pack up and leave you and all that kind of stuff. But you never get that sense from God. I don't care how bad things go. That's part of the depth of God. You need to get rooted in that. That needs to mean something to us. We need to feast on that because you, that you can live off of that when you're broke in your pocketbook. You understand? You can definitely live off of that. And so God wants us to, to understand that he wants us rooted and grounded. Rooted, you know, that, that means that you, you, you dig into it. You, you put, your, put your faith and your confidence and your trust in it. When you're rooted in something, that means that you, there's, you're holding on by something. You're not just there to be move around. You made up your mind you want to stay. And when you're grounded in something, it's, grounding means that's your home base. Where do you go back to every time you waver or every time you get scared or every time you make a bad move? If you're grounded in the love of God, that's your, your, uh, your anchor. It keeps you, it holds you in there. You always go back there. I don't care what happens. So many people never get rooted and grounded in God's love. They live on such a superficial level as believers they get offended when they're easily offended forget it you're not even in the ballpark the bible says love isn't touchy you're not looking at people's words and reacting to it i'm gonna say that again you know we got too many people running around that this like little little throw me a bone throw me a bone You hold people up in too high an esteem, pretty soon you'll put them down. So the same person that's begging for attention, for you know, and just dying for somebody to notice them, huh? Notice me, LeBron. That little guy that's always trying to interview, interview LeBron James. <laughs> yeah. Right. They notice me, notice me. You know, and, and, and then when they don't notice you, you're ready to cuss them out. You see what I'm saying? There's no love there. 
there's just a craving, there's a lust for something that if we don't get it, we're ready to cast them aside, talk bad about them. That's why you don't get what you're asking for from certain people, huh? The one thing you do know about the love of God is it will compel you to give. You know what I mean when I say, okay, say compel? Huh? It'll compel you to give. And I'm not talking about just giving in the offering. It will compel you to lose sight of who you are as being able to hold on to anything or possessing anything. Yeah, I hear sometimes preachers that are wealthy talk about the hard time they have with letting go of things. I said, how dare you? Don't offend God like that. You know, it might be hard, but don't get up and say it in front of a lot of people. And why is it hard for you? If you got what you got from God, it should, you know what? It shouldn't be hard for us to release these things and bless other people with them. It won't hurt us to bless somebody. It won't hurt us to help somebody. It won't hurt us to go bake a, a cake for somebody or, or clean somebody's house or any of that kind. Of, it won't hurt you to do that. You should be willing to do that. That is if you're rooted and anchored in God. If you're in there superficial. See, a superficial person is waiting to see what God's going to give them first. Or they do it for a little while and still watching. You're not rooted. You're not anchored. You're just there cruising through trying to see if this works or not. Because the minute we get what we want from God, we stop doing it. So that's why he won't give it to us right away. He wants you rooted and anchored in him. You veer away from God. He knows how to get you back. His love will draw you back one way or the other. Hook or by crook. Huh? You'll come in limping and crying and bawling, but that love, at least you came back. That love made you know you can come back. Huh? And as long as you stay rooted and grounded and anchored, he is able to find you and pull you back. He pulls you out of danger, pulls you out of sickness, pulls you out of trouble, pulls you back. I always say people who can can serve God. You know, some people I know served him faithfully in this ministry 10 years, 15 years, and then drift away. They were never anchored. They never made their minds up. That it's me and God and that's it. You understand with him. Once you make up your mind. And it don't, you, it don't take you years of experience with God to, to be faithful. All you got to do is find out you found the right thing and just don't go nowhere. You know, just, just be cool. But they never ever get anchored. You know what they're anchored in? They're anchored in other people's opinions. They're anchored in watching to see who got blessed and they didn't insecure comparing themselves comparing ourselves with ourselves cause you to drift you're not really anchored in the love of god amen once finding god is like finding a good marriage once you're there you don't go anywhere i know people who are unhappy most of the time in a marriage but they they say i ain't stupid enough to go nowhere you understand what i'm saying so it's like this sometimes you can't really find your way in god to find that happy 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 place where you're supposed to yeah but paul said this he said i know one thing i know how to be content 
contentment is worth 15 gallons of happy. Huh? Have you get tired of smiling sometimes? You know, happy, happy, happy. Smiling, laughing, all the crazy stuff. Yeah, but contentment, there's a peace about you. There's a satisfaction. There's a joy of knowing that you found it and you're not going nowhere. That's where God, and that's where God can really bless you. Because once he understands that you understand him and you're not going nowhere and you're not going to get no exotic ideas about what you're supposed to be doing for him and how you're supposed to be doing it, he don't need your input. All he needs is your following. Huh? He just needs kids that obey him. Because your parents don't need you to teach them how to pay bills and how to go find a place to live and cook food and stuff. They just need you to obey the rules of the house so you can live. Huh? That's why we got so many 40-year-olds at home now. They don't know how to obey the rules of the house yet. Or they be on it. The minute they try to get on their own, they're right back again. <laughs> Why don't you just stay put until you learn how to take care of yourself? It ain't your time yet. <laughs> Listen, living in this world is more than being able to afford to rent on paper. We all fell into that trap, didn't we? It can look good on paper, but it'll backfire in 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 practice. <laughs> You know, all you got to do is walk by the wrong store at the right time. And the rent is gone. Huh? See, if you've never been responsible for it before, you don't know how to conduct yourself in reality. And he said, I figured it out on paper and I can, I can go get my own apartment. Go get your own. I would much rather, if I could get along with my parents, I'd be with them now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who needs it? Like we'd improve some. I got my own. Really? Let me see you take care of it. Got to be clean, dusted, decorated. Got to look like a, a Christian lives there. See, we haven't even gotten into that depth yet. Huh? <laughs> There's a certain way God wants his people to look to when they live for him. Well, you tell me God's not interested in the condition of your dwelling? Uh, he spent the first five chapters in the Bible talking about your property. Oh, Lord have mercy. This thing got quiet in here. Everybody guilty. Everybody. Huh? Everybody in the. He went to sleep on me again. You can't even find my everybody song, can you? Everybody in the. Whatever. I don't know. Don't put that on, little Howard. I'm, I'm done. See, you should have had it queued up, brother. You know I'm gonna say everybody. There's a boy trying to find my note. Then I'm yeah, everybody. Oh, that's in the club. Oh, no, excuse me. Everybody in the church get tipped in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Woo! 
but we being rooted and grounded in love <laughs> can get tipsy on that love. That's right. That's right. God's goal is to conform us to the image of his son. That's his goal. He don't care about this other stuff preachers be talking about. Not really. He's got one goal. Is that I've created you in my son's image and I'm not satisfied until you look just like him. You got me? So you have his love, you have his fruit, you have his confidence in me, you have his assurance, you have his bravery to go through a sinful world without whining and complaining. You didn't hear Jesus whine one time about what sinners were doing. Because he knew he had the power to overcome anything that was holding them down. Why don't we feel the same way? He was never afraid to go around sinners and offer them the gospel. You know, we know we got to go witness to somebody. Oh, boy, they mean. They say, I don't care about all that. Shoot. I've been bit by rattlesnakes and survived. You hear me? <laughs> Every witch in Cleveland wants to feast on us. I mean, witches in Detroit. I mean, just backbiting and carrying on and acting stupid. You mean to tell me that's going to really upset me? A sinner would kind of be welcome. Because you know what they're going to do. Believers, when they start gnawing at you, man. <laughs> but none of these things move me. Huh? <laughs> you know, people, it's funny. God will keep all that stuff hidden from you. You know, I want to hear about it. I want to function in God, man. And I'm not in denial, and I'm not one of these uh, fantasy-living people. I live in a certain level of reality. But if I don't need to, to hear all of that, God keeps that away from me. And then later on, all the people that claim to be your friend will come and confess to you. I like that part. You know what I'm saying. They telling all now. Yeah, but before you was over there eating that dude's cheese. You didn't want to come to my little stinking meeting. Now you know he ain't what he's supposed to be. He didn't let you down. And <laughs> now you want to hear from God. Go on back over there in your hole you was living in. Don't come up here. Man. No, I forgive you. I love you. I'm rooted and grounded. <laughs> Well, it's funny to me, you know, it's just, just that God keeps you in a place where you don't have to deal with. Once I made the decision, I didn't want to be a bottom feeder. I don't want to hear gossip about anybody. I don't want to hear about your strife. I don't want to hear about nobody. I don't want to hear what they're doing over there, what they didn't do over here. You know, I'll pray for you. I'll do whatever I need to do for you. But I'm not feeding on your nonsense. You're rooted in I love God too much to feed my spirit with that kind of nonsense. You'll need that kind of stuff. But God will let you know things when it's the season for knowing. He'll confirm these things to you. Mostly it helps me to put, put people in the right place in my life. You know, if they listen to gossip and stayed away from you before, they'll probably do it again. You don't know if they're rude. I forgive them, but they will probably do that again. And you don't kind of embrace them and get close to them. But you don't have some sense sometimes. So God's goal is that we conform to the image of his son. 
Jesus is perfection. So we got a little little explaining to do, little work to do, huh? But he lives in us. He chooses to dwell in us. So our goal, what we should do is relax and let him live. Just let him live in us. Take full possession of our being. We will be able to bear fruit for him if we let him take full possession. This is fulfilling the Genesis command to be fruitful and multiply. If this command were, were favorable in darkness, then Jesus would have, never would have come to bring his righteousness to us. So fruitful and multiply is what God wants us to do in righteousness. Not out of the flesh, not out of the deeds of the flesh. We are to multiply in the fruit of righteousness. Which is the fruit of the Spirit. We're to grow in gentleness and kindness and meekness. Patience and long-suffering. We're to grow in love. We're to grow in faith. We're to grow in all of the fruit of the Spirit. So that we can, that's how you experience the depth of the love of God. When you, you have a situation where something doesn't change very quickly. Something you want dearly. Sometimes it's the reconciliation of a, a relationship. You know, it might be uh, your children uh, being uh, faithful to God. All that kind of stuff. And those things, sometimes they don't happen overnight. They don't happen quickly. I thank God for some of those salvation. You know, you hear the testimony. and Oh, yeah, well, all, of, all my family came in, boom, 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 in five years. And you try to duplicate it and you find out. <laughs> you can't figure out what they did to get that to happen that was what God had for them for, for what their life was some things that just don't change very quickly and we want something to keep us going and you know you kind of want God to say something or show you something and then he starts to make you not be so mindful of the length of time and you don't understand what that is because it's you, you, he's, you're in his depths now. You're growing in his depths. And he gives you the fruit of patience coming up out of you to make you not mindful about how long it's taking for something. You understand? And so he feeds us this fruit. And if we think fruit is not important, you'll never get into the depths of the love of God. You've got to appreciate that he had something to feed you on so that you don't go nuts and let the devil torment you and tell you you didn't do this right. You didn't this was why it's taking so long. You didn't mess up again. No, you turn that off and you say, God, show me another depth. So you give me something and he gives you a fruit of the spirit. Now, most people don't even pay attention to that as being part of the love of God. But I tell you one thing, 10 minutes ago, your man was going crazy and you was trying to figure out what you did wrong. And then all of a sudden now something came over you and you're not mindful of the like, that's the fruit of God. You see, we see what I'm saying. He's got fruit to take care of every problem that we have. Every situation you, you would not listen. If sinners went through what we go through they, a long time ago. 
they wouldn't be able to handle what the devil puts puts out there for us. They couldn't couldn't make it two days. They couldn't take enough pills, tranquilizers. They couldn't take enough antidepressants. They couldn't take enough anything to keep them going. And we can have all of this against us and still have to work for God and live off of the fruit of the Spirit and thereby know the depths of the love of God. That's what Jesus lived off of. He did, when he went to pray to the Father, he went to have fellowship with him to charge himself up again in the love of God. He didn't need, what do you think he got out of prayer? Just think about that. What do you think happened to him when he prayed? He complained? Oh, Daddy, let me come home. It's bad down here. You know, you might want to. Yeah. But he, had, he didn't have iniquity in him. So there was never a sense of it's overwhelming. There's failure. The only time we see humanity kind of pouring out of him a little bit was when it was time to go to the cross. Then because we had to see his humanity or we would have thought, well, he just was a superman going through this and he's not like me. But when you see him complain of thirst when he's on the cross, that just, oh, that, you know, it just did. So when I read that, I thought, oh, my God, I said he was thirsty. You know, you want to give him something to drink. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the love of God inside of you responding to somebody who did all of that and suffered that way. Because you never think of God as having any needs and, and having any complaints. And so when he walks through this life, he's showing us how to live this life as overcoming people. Not people who are shielded from every bad thing that could ever happen. But people who are not afraid of difficulty, not afraid of challenge, because they know that the love of God has them rooted and grounded in something that's going to take care of everything and take them over the top with it. Because Ephesians 3 also says, he is able, 320, this, this passage ends with, now unto him who is able to do exceeding, abundantly, Beyond all we ask or think, according to the power. What power? That rooted and grounded in love power. If you, That's the power that's working in you, man. That'll take care of everything. Love is the major fruit of the Spirit. But when you say love, that encompasses all of the fruit of the Spirit. Whatever you need. Many times what we need is what we, we think we need something and we find out we didn't need that after all. We just need to calm down and find God. And once you know that he's there, then you will always get yourself grounded. You'll get, pull yourself back. You'll anchor yourself back. Now, wait a minute. Let me, let me get over myself here. Now, I'm getting way, way out on a limb here. This is, I'm going too far. Let me get back to God because that's where I know I can find my strength, my contentment, whatever it is that I need. And you just ground yourself right back in that. He never wanted us to be grounded in us, in self. Amen? So, <clears throat> when we have God wants fruitfulness and righteousness... That's why there's a curse on darkness. Whatever you do out of your flesh is going to be diminished in its strength, its impact, its longevity. 
that's why the bible says that money won through what is one of the translations that says gambling it just it only lasts for a short time god intends for us to work it's his method we got to work for what we get from him you understand labor we got to put in some you know set our hands to something and when we set our hands to it it's blessed it's not blessed if you don't set your hand to it now you can think you you know you smart and you can con people and all this kind of stuff but you know you'll be back conning and that won't last huh? and the evidence for that is them kind of people usually wind up in an orange jumpsuit you understand what i'm saying they, they work in there though i bet you huh see one way or the other you'll learn you got to work for what you get you just can't you can't sit around and receive <laughs> I some of these little from my little friends on Facebook. Some of them, you know, they're they're. Oh, I'll be glad when I get in full time ministry. Yeah, you tired of working? That's you ain't you ain't the one. You never get to see. God ain't gonna never let you sit up on His people and just take from them. So you can forget that. You might as well go get you another jumpsuit and let them give you a little ID badge and go and punch in because you ain't gonna. Mm-mm. No. No, this is service. You gotta serve people to please God. I don't care where you are. Full time, part time, you gotta be a servant. He wants servants. So God wants fruitfulness and righteousness. And he his preference is righteousness. He will bless people who have what we call uh, word principles involved in their life. Some people have are hard workers and know how to perfect their gift and all this kind of stuff be faithful with a gift and persevere with it and they can prosper to an extent but we had uh, what prince just passed away age 57 that's young to be leaving here but it's old if you've lived a life of sin you got me now i hear people making these comments he was a christian he that he ain't in i know no 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 he's not like me you understand me and in y'all not that we're to stand but but we follow one another as we follow christ we don't let people just call themselves christians and live any kind of way and put out any kind of you know what i'm saying you know uh-uh. see see when people start doing that what they've done is instead of intervening and interceding or something for those people while they were still alive they're feeling conviction about something or feeling wrong about something so they got to kind of clean it up after they're gone you know uh, people turn it into angels after they die you know all this kind of stuff and you don't know if those people were saved they probably most of them lived for the devil while they were here now all of a sudden they got wings on their back just because they died you see what I'm saying? And see, Christians, we got to step up and, and tell people the truth in these situations. That's your open door to witness, you know? It's ignorance, a lot of it, but it's perpetrated by people who like darkness. They don't want God to come in here and give them the truth about these things. So God does not, he will not prosper us in darkness. He will not do it. He won't do it. You'll have to come clean and get over into the righteousness before God will prosper you. 
That's why the devil likes to keep pressure on us, especially about money and things. And that's why Jesus said, forget about it. Uh, Take no thought for these. He said, I don't even want you worrying your little mind about what you're going to eat, drink, or wear. And sometimes our biggest decisions are whether to pull the, pull the trigger on a Michael Kors purse. You got me? You spend more time deciding that sometimes than you do deciding how much you're going to give in the offering. Huh? You can see the minds calculate. Well, if I put him, give me 50, you can get those things guys not opposed to you having things amen Amen. he wants he wants you to have them in righteousness though righteous people pay their bills first and then live off the rest they don't they don't go buy and squander (laughs) so there's a curse on darkness anything you do out of craving, lust, desire, gotta have, can't do without. And you don't, and the other thing, other part of it too, is that many times God will try to temper your desire. You know what I mean when I say that? Uh, there is a fruit called self control. We don't talk about that one much. <laughs> yeah, I'm but it is a fruit of the spirit that keeps us out of excess in things. It tempers our desires so that you don't get caught craving something and the devil convinces you that you can't quit doing something. You got me? So God gives the fruit of self-control. And if you yield to that, It'll pop up and stop you. And you say, oh, wait, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that's that easy? Huh? Now, if you've never experienced that, I'm asking God to help you to understand what self-control can do to you. Because for you, because even if you yield to it for a little bit, it'll stop your mind from yinging on you all the time. You got me? So God, then, many times God will send words to us to temper a craving. And you don't pay much attention to it because you're so used to going out and doing what you want to do anyway. You know, we don't let that stop us and make us think that maybe I need to pull back in this. Maybe this is getting a grip on me. Maybe this is pulling at me too hard. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes people will say little things, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, say, for instance, you're sitting around just talking and we'll talk about something. They'll say something like, you know what, I, I, I found out I didn't eat as much sometimes if I ate an apple before I eat or something like that. And so God then begins to plant seeds with us all the time about how to temper different appetites and attitudes that we have about things. Sometimes we are going overboard buying designer things. It's easy to get caught up in spending too much money and too much time trying to figure out how to get this. And he says, let your request be known, made known to me if you want something. You understand me? He stops it dead right there. And you know what that does? That takes it out of the realm of, of longing, desiring, craving, the curse. 
because all the decent purses Michael Kors sell, you're going to get the one that tears up fast. You got me? Because of that craving thing in there. Amen? And you know, it's all a matter of taste anyway. You know, it's, it's you know, some, with some people though, it is a matter of investment. Now you get to some of these, like these Birkin bags and Hermes and people like that, these old house designers. You can go on eBay and, and pay almost as much for a used one as you do a new one. So people who are wealthy know what to put their money into, you know. And here we trying to get some gay designer we saw on TV. You, know? you understand? There's a difference, folks. That's all I'm telling you. It's a difference. Now, it's not all throwaway, but sometimes it is. And craving things will put you more in the throwaway category. You got me? Then in the investment category. It's just the way it is. So if you get it in a, in a way that God will bless you with it and show you his goodness and show you, I'm giving you something that's highly valuable. And you don't have to go into debt for it. You don't have to, you know, let your house fall apart and, and step out there and all these wonderful things. You know that? Just don't go there. Let your request be made known to God. If you're ashamed of wanting something, then ask God to take it away from you. That's what I do. You understand what I'm saying? There's a way to deal with this and still stay rooted and grounded. You don't want to lose your position with God. You don't want to lose your, your contentment in God. You don't want to lose your, your happiness in God. Not, none of that. It's not worth compromising what God can do for you to help you to live in the depths of his goodness and of his love. I remember a lady that used to come in and and uh, she she would minister for us. Uh, uh, B.B. Lombardo, remember? Remember the clothes she would wear? I mean, where did she get them clothes from? I mean, the wool was like, everything she wore was like, and, you know, boom, head to toe. Boom. She could care less about that. Her husband was a philanderer or a cheat. I said, ooh, excuse me. <laughs> Let me back up off the goods. You know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, but that didn't, that's not why she was living with him. But you could tell none of those things moved her. That stuff, and that was just where she bought her clothes because that's where she shopped. You understand what I'm saying? And so these are the things that we have to look at, that God does not withhold anything from us as long as he's got a hold on our hearts. We're rooted and grounded in him. And we understand the depths of the love of God that we can tap into for his goodness and his glory and to conform to the image of Christ. You know, when you leave here, they're going to put you in a casket and put them little funny clothes on you. You can bring your own clothes if you want to, but they're going to put them on you like they do on dead people. You know? <laughs> they cut it down the back and just lay it on top of you. You know what I'm saying? Just something to get you through the ceremony. Come on now. What are we going on and on about here, folks? When you leave out of here, you might leave in a a vase or you might leave in a Cadillac. You know, I mean, they they shoot you out of here. Sure. Now, you get your limo ride. Huh? It'll be your last one, but you get your limo ride. See, everybody's going to get that at some point. So just, you know, don't sweat the small stuff, folks. Don't sweat all these things, huh? None of these things move me. (laughs) 
So the curse is there on iniquity, keep it from multiplying beyond measure and overtaking righteousness. Because evil will never triumph over good. God just won't let it happen. That's not in his plan. So God roots out the things in us that will defeat us. Sometimes we labor over things for so long and all we had to do was tell God, you know what, God, let me let you have this because this is not doing me any good. I'm trying to hold on to it. It's not helping. So we must allow the rooting out process. We, he uproots things so that we can bear more fruit for him. In Matthew 15, it tells you that. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 13. Jesus answered, and this is kind of interesting. The, the disciples were telling him, this is, this is funny. They would tell him, go back and, and run to Jesus and say, the, the Pharisees got mad at you when you said that. <laughs> okay. So this is one of them situations. And so he, Jesus had just preached. It wasn't what defiles a man that comes goes in his mouth. And the Pharisees were, were uh, diet-conscious people. You know, they kept the dietary law and then some. You know, God, God set up rules for the food they ate for one reason and one reason alone. That was to keep them close to him. Yeah. After you got Jesus in you, it don't matter what you eat. It matters how much. I'm a witness, you know what I'm saying, working on it. But uh, you know what I'm saying. It, it, it's, these things are inconsequential, and Jesus begins to teach them that. You know, and he says, it's not what goes in your mouth that defiles you, but what comes out. What you talking about? And they were all backbiting him, and so they got convicted. Of course they're going to get offended. <laughs> People say, when the preacher preached, was she preaching to you? Yeah, every time. You in here. <laughs> you with an earshot. Huh? Oh, did she talk talk about uh, uh, sleeping around? Every chance I get. Because I don't want y'all to do that. We should just put reminders on the door. No, we put the Ten Commandments right on the front door of the church again. Jeez, we don't hold to this. It's not okay. God does not understand. Stop listening to the devil. Ah, <laughs> oh, Pastor Bob say that because she old. I said it when I was young. When I knew the Lord, I wish I could have said it sooner. Huh? It's, <laughs> it's old people shacked up. You hear me? You can be stupid in your 70s and 80s. His disciples, he said, so when he said this, the disciples came to him and said, did you know that the Pharisees were offended when you said this? Think about it. He preaching, got to have color commentators come and give him a blow by blow about what everybody looked like while he was preaching, you know. (laughs) People do that. So anyway, he said, he said, every plant that my heavenly father is not planted shall be rooted up. Amen. In other words, if they don't get hip to this, if they don't get wise, they're going in the fire. Uh-huh. He said, let them alone. No. You mean when people leave the ministry, I can't go run after them? Amen. Offended people, you leave alone. 
right. You'll wind up with their offense. Because you're looking to see people do this when they find out you're gone. Why did you leave? There's certain people come and call and ask you. And pretty soon they on the soul train on the way out. Where's my soul train? Little Howard Yeah. I'm leaving church. The soul train. We don't need no stinking DJ, right? Make our own music. Uh, we love you, little Howard. But you make it. What you got me queued up with now? I bet he ain't got nothing back here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let you do it. Come on, let's hit it. Give me three seconds. Right. There we go. Your big, big debut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to do. What is that thing is called? It's, well, I don't know what they call it. You know, I tried to do. I tried to do something one time, and y'all didn't. Yeah, y'all didn't help me a whole lot. That's all right. That's all right. All right, all right. Oh, Lord, I'm really in trouble now. <laughs> so God only roots out things that will defeat us. That's love. Let him have your toys. Let him have your little fetishes. Let him have your little things that you, you think are so dear to you. You love them so much. You got to let him have that stuff. Because he roots it out because he didn't plant it there. He wants you to have a pure garden. He wants everything to work in your life. He wants when you set your heart to desire something, that you get that assurance that he will give it to you. He don't want you wavering and acting crazy and all that kind of stuff. He wants you rooted and grounded in love. He wants you rooted and grounded in him and trust in him and faith in him and confidence in him. Knowing that God is there for you at all times, it will get you over, it'll get you over every situation. Don't ever fall out with God. You understand what I'm saying? Don't ever get something in your heart you want so much that if you don't get it at a certain time, you fall out with God. Uh You'll just be falling out like my mother used to say. Fall out if you want to, you just be falling out. And then if you if you took her up on it, you really got it then. What you doing falling out on me? Bam! You were warned. Huh? <laughs> so we have to be, when God is uprooting something, we have to be made aware of it. This is what people don't like. You know, when we get aware of something that's in us that's not right... We want to start picking it apart, excusing it, make, oh, ah, that's not me. God couldn't be talking to me. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm the righteousness of God, and you're quoting him his own scripture he gave you to live off of because you ain't got sense enough to know what it means. <laughs> you yielding to Christ at all times? That's good. But there's something in you. 
that is hindering you from going to the next level that God wants you to go to. He wants to pull you in deeper into his love because many times you'll find, and I found this to be true in my own life, what's coming next, had you hung on to that thing that you thought you liked so much you thought was okay with God, huh? had you held on to that, you would have missed what the enemy was trying to pull you into. You would have succumbed to that because you weren't aware that that was not what, what it's supposed to be in your life. Sometimes we can have the right things in the wrong order. This is the problem with many Christians. We put the emphasis on the wrong thing every single time. Too much emphasis. You know, these things, things, the things that God gives us, the things that pertain to this life down here in the flesh, are just that. They're things. They're not, they don't feed us. They don't nourish us. Because we're spirit people. You're not, you're not a thing person. You're not a carnal. You're not a heathen anymore. And so God wants to expose roots of darkness in us. And they're exposed by the word through preaching the word. When you sit in a meeting like this, you get to understand some things about you that that God wants to deal with and help you get over these things. Take them away from you so they don't stand in the way of you going deeper in his love. Because you're going to need it. You got me? God doesn't do anything just for no reason. He has a purpose to everything that he does. When we preach, you hear preaching and we read the word. The worst thing you can do is get a fetish for certain kinds of people's messages. Where that's all you want to hear all the time. The Bible talks about itching ears. You think it's feeding your spirit. But there's something in there that makes you select that people, that person, and only want them. If you let God be God, he will help you to understand who you can feed off of and when. You see, this is, this is something, too, that people don't understand. See, you, sometimes we wonder how people get twisted in their doctrine. They were serving God real good, and then all of a sudden they think everybody goes to heaven, whether they're a saint or a sinner, and there's no hell anymore. You know why? It's in years. They've selected something that sounds good to their ears, and they think they're feeding their spirit. See, you can tell you're off base because you'll start. See, God assigned you to be here in this ministry. And so, you know, and you think you've heard everything that this ministry has to feed you. So now you've got to go find something else. You got me? That's deception number one. What did Elijah, Elisha, uh, Elijah say to Elisha when he asked him for a double, double of his spirit? It's hard. It's a hard thing. See, it's hard to exceed the person that God puts over you. It's hard. Now, you read that in the Bible. Did anybody read that in their Bible? Find that for me if you don't think it's there. That's hard. It's even harder to get truth if you're going to go around them and circumvent them and try to go over them and get something. You see what I'm saying? You make it doubly hard on yourself. You need to find out what's in me that makes me crave to exceed the person that's over me. And if I could share that with them, maybe they can help me get to that level. 
but I never get no takers. You understand why? I can't even get y'all to get in here on time consistently all the time. Huh? See, you have to you have to listen to it over and over and over again because it's not finding an abode on the inside of you. You're trying to force it inside of you. It's okay. And see, what you need to do is, God, what is that in me that keeps trying to get, is craving to exceed, craving to get above, craving to know, craving to control, craving to, to teach other people and tell them how to live. What's that in me that's trying to dominate me like that? Because I know it's not of you. And repent of it. Ask God to forgive you for tolerating that and get it rooted out. He wants to root it out. So you can go deeper in him. You can be rooted and grounded in him. Because whatever that is, is going to cause you great loss. Because if it's not from God, there's a curse on it. I don't care. Listen, I've seen so many preachers come and go. And we would, we would uh, try and find, well, God, who do I associate with now? If I don't hear anything from God, I don't go anywhere. You understand? Because he knows so far down the line, he had, us, he had a, a minister's organization drop us two years before the minister fell. You understand me? So don't you get so caught up on what I got to get with Brother So and I got to get with Bishop this. And you can't stop doing that stuff. Don't be craving anybody's company and getting associated with somebody and all this kind of stuff. What you hear out there is so hot and so wonderful. Quit doing that stuff and start doing what God tells you to do right there where you are. Because I'm going to tell you, something's being neglected if you are craving something that God has not ordained for you. So dark roots are exposed by the word through preaching the word, reading the word. The Holy Spirit shows us what's not of God. We have to understand what we are believing that does not line up with God's word. And stop this craving stuff. Stop that. Ask God to help you with that. I remember thinking that I was saved five years and was in a, a women's Bible study. And... and started to get convicted I, I i didn't even realize many years ago i used to think before that i used to think abortion was okay that thing was still working in me now you think when you come to christ you repent and you say you ain't all the way straight baby he's just not showing you everything this you know there's a, a veil between your spirit and your flesh as long as you walk in the spirit you don't obey the lusts of the flesh. But they, they, <laughs> you let them get triggered by something. Things you do consistently, you got to watch. You got to watch that they're righteous things, number one. Because that consistent feeding of a root of iniquity will get you in some trouble. It'll start bear fruit after a while. And God doesn't want us bearing fruit to the, as this, the person I was speaking with, and I'm not talking about anybody in particular. But this person always had something, a little carnal to say, a little this to say, a little that to say, you know. And, and pretty soon, they started to slip back into some old habits that didn't need to be there. See? 
there are certain things that we've given ourselves a pass on when there's a question there. So if there's a question there, that's the Holy Spirit questioning your spirit man as to whether or not that's going to feed him or not. If it's not going to feed your spirit, you need to renounce it and get rid of it. There are many questionable things that we do that we shouldn't just wholesale feed them all the time. You know, there's always a, a trap that the enemy can get you into that you can start feeding that thing on a consistent basis. And carnality breeds carnality. You don't have to be doing that same thing over and over again. But then the next carnal thing you think or the next carnal thing you engage in feeds the whole root. You got me? And pretty soon you've got some fruit growing up there that doesn't need to be there. It'll make you stumble. It'll blind you on things that are really important. And so, and, and when you understand that confession of your sins is your best friend because you do it all the time we sin all the time your mind gets distracted for some people you can watch six hours in television television a day i can't you understand what i'm saying i didn't feed myself on that when i began with god and i'm not gonna slip over into that you understand me now now, if, it's, if that's your thing, but, but listen, if it's good for one person, it's probably twice as good for another person. Huh? Start giving yourself something wholesome. You don't read the Bible every day, but you got programs you watch every day. Ask God to help you with it. It's hard once you get into a groove of... You know, them spirits know how to find you, what to tell you, get you comfortable. Let me get my little snack and sit it right up here so I can have this and put my feet up and really, really flesh out. You know what I'm saying? But we want revival. We run up to Rejoice Detroit. We want to see God make changes in that city and this city and all that. You can only do so much, you know, feeding your spirit and your flesh at the same time. Do the things that feed. Get rooted and grounded in the love of God. And see, and then when you run into trouble somewhere, you'll expect God to come through for you. Instead of being in doubt. What did I do wrong? Second guessing yourself all the time. Stay over there where God puts you. God's, God's view opposes the world's view. When you get overwhelmed with evidence... That what you're doing is taking you down the wrong road. All you need to do is talk to God about it and turn around so that he can get you rooted and grounded. And See, when people give up and quit because the devil's telling them he's going to take something from them, they're not rooted. Amen. And that's the biggest shock to people who are deceived. Because they think they got this game figured out and they don't. And I love it because it exposes the religion in us. It exposes the deception in us. It exposes what's really in our hearts. See, the fruit tells where your root is. What is the fruit in your life? It tells where your root is. Huh? You're rooted somewhere else. If you can't pay your bills, you can't keep a job. You, I'm going to break it down to you because people looking at me like they all confuse what I'm talking about. You can't keep a, a relationship right. You can't keep your head on straight. You can't get approval for a, a simple loan or get approval for whatever, whatever you're looking for. 
Where you got what you want, you're still restless. Where's your root? See, that kind of fruit bears out where your root is. You keep coming to this place of distress and you can't seem to graduate above that and add to your prosperity. That's fruit. The fruit tells where you're rooted at. All you got to do is stay in God long enough for you to cry uncle and your flesh to hurt. And you can get rooted over in the things of God real proper, real nice. But it comes at a cost. You can't do everything you see other people do when they do it. And if you got to pay the price, baby. Huh? You got to pay the price. I screamed at my husband for years because he saved money. Because I thought I was supposed to get some more of it. This brother working, I'm I'm here. I used to say, I said, well, do you, should I go back to work? No, baby, you just take care of me, you know. So that's what I did. And and I felt like, well, when payday comes, (laughs) now listen, the girl ain't was so slow. I mean, I love you and all that, but it's payday. And he said, I don't get no check. I said, what you working for? He said, they put that thing in the bank. Where you can't get it. In other words, where you can't get it. They saving me from my wife. Very grateful now. See, that's paying the price. Because I'm so short-sighted, all I see is... Him keeping some tight husband. You know, I was like, ooh, my husband tight. That's all I ever said. Tight, 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 tight. And not in a good way. But I'm very thankful he did. Because I see a lot of women Christian ministers, too, who are widows. Well, most of them wasn't married to the dude. He dropped dead sometime after they divorced. You know what I'm saying. I mean, but they on the books. They, you know, they widows on the books. But... (laughs) You know what I mean, don't you, baby? You understand me. Trying to relate to him. But uh, <laughs> you know, that's the fruit of faithfulness. God is faithful to me because I was faithful to Him through my marriage. You can be faithful to God through everything that you do. You see. So I'm very thankful He didn't let me spend it all. While we were, were living and very thankful that God has made provision for me now that he's gone so that I can continue to do the things. See, I don't have to think too hard about because my faith is there for God to provide. But if I need to come out of pocket for some stuff, then I know that God will tell me where that's going to come from to what my part is and what his part is. And so I don't fear in that realm because I know the price has been paid in my not getting everything I wanted while the brother was alive. Granted, it's less fun now because I don't don't have an arm to twist. You know what I'm saying? The the thrill is gone. 
but I can I can still live in peace and, and security in God and just wait for the next word from God as to direction and what I'm, I should do. And I live by faith, folks. I don't live by what what I see in that. I pay less attention to that. You understand what I'm saying? I'm living by faith every day as though it's not fair because God trained me how to do that while my husband was living. Even though I tried not to. You know what I'm saying. But but he will teach you how to do these things. The price has been paid for that. You know, I didn't have everything materially I wanted to squander and spend. But I didn't do it. I was restrained from doing it. And I thank God for that so that now I can be comfortable, you know, as much as I'll let myself and what God has provided for me that way. And he wants us to be rooted and grounded in him the same way. Get yourself uprooted from all these goofy, crazy, craving habits. Start living by faith. Faith is not a fantasy life. It's not a make-believe world. But it's not a depressed place to live either. You have hope. You have joy. But it's got to come from God. And it's got to come God's way. Or this, you can forget getting ahead of God in anything. It will not work. And so all we got to do is just slow your little roll and come back to God and say, God, you know what? I need to get where you want me to be. I want to get where you want me to be. I want to live in the peace and prosperity that you have for me. Show me how it's done. I'm tired of knocking my head against what. Show me how it's done. And God will help you. He's got an answer for everybody. He's got a place for everybody. And he's got prosperity stored up for you. But he is not a motivational preacher. Forget that. He's not going to hype you up and pump you up. But he will give you his confidence and his faith. And he will begin to send blessings to you immeasurable without number. Exceeding abundantly. You get rooted and grounded in him, honey, and it's exceeding and abundantly beyond all you can ask or think. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and for understanding. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of understanding. Ooh, that's a good gift. That we can understand something that's beyond comprehension. Is that the depth and the height and the breadth of your love. How deep it goes. How far it goes, how wide it goes. We can, we can understand that, Father, even in little bits. Thank you. Thank you for that miraculous gift. And we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray her for you.